Welcome to a special announcement from yeah, oh, the All the Book Show. Oh, I like how you welcome them just to the announcement. I think that's Yeah, very, just to the announcement. That's very classy. And then we'll rec- welcome them to the episode. I didn't mean to interrupt, so go ahead. No, that was, welcome to a very special episode of the... Wait, now I'm confused. Welcome to an announcement of the All the Book Show. Heads up, when we recorded the episode that you're about to listen to, things were... Nick, would you say normal? Normal as they could be in, in February of 2020? Yes. Things were yeah. first quarter 2020 normal. Yes. Um, you and, could go to you could go to McDonald's. You could go inside McDonald's and sit down. Yeah. You could go to the grocery store, uh, mm-hmm. not dress like a Marty McFly in the Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, Back to the Future. Hazard where suit. he's in the hazard suit. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. One could say you could go at all. Yeah, you, and could. Now you can't go. Anywhere. You could go right out there. So, so anyway, that's why when, there's yeah. there's a there's a soft touch and a lightness. <laughs> About to every, life about everything yeah. that you're about to yeah. hear so uh yeah. and, and in the middle of the episode when nick and i stand up and say let's go get ice cream yeah. nick yeah yeah and you can walking there you can tell that we're closer than six feet apart yeah and that's why yeah so, i don't know why we decided to go walking to get ice cream in february in western either. new york <laughs> i don't either but we made that choice because we could <laughs> yeah and now i miss those days but anyway let's let's do it all, all right, right things now do one where it's like i've fallen down the stairs and you have to explain to people that i'm in the hospital okay <laughs> no you don't have to do that uh, okay unless you wanted to if you I, wanted I, to yeah i just don't know where we put it in yeah, the episode right. okay you're right you're right you're right Welcome to the All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. Uh, I'm Eric Michaels. <laughs> I'm Nick Gunning. I was—I couldn't tell if there—I couldn't remember if there was something after that. No, that's it. No. Yeah. I'm Sometimes Eric you add author interviews, but today is just an author spotlight. You're so right. You don't have to. It's we still fine. have to play that creepy music, though. It's not creepy. What is it then? It's atmospheric. Yeah. It's nice. It's what the devil plays when he's <laughs> taking a shower. <laughs> taking a shower. Yeah. I think he's a podcast guy. <laughs> today uh it's finally happening eric uh-huh. after after how many years we've been doing this podcast four 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 years after four years and all the animorphs talk we're finally doing a full-on spotlight on the writings of Catherine applegate including mm. the animorphs have we really talked about the animorphs that much yes really yes who you you bring it up i never do really i only read one very recently and because of this podcast mm. so okay Interesting. Yeah. I didn't think I talked about Animorphs that much. You do. Yeah. In case anyone doesn't know, I, I like the Animorphs. You do. You like it a lot. Yeah. Well, shut up. You like Robin. Yeah. Boy I, Wonder. I do. I do. And actually, I have some book news about Robin the Boy Wonder. Is oh? if, our, if our Robin spotlight was not enough for you, yeah. I now have a little bit more, uh, more Robin, Robin news. news yeah. But we're not going to Robin news now. on the wing. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I Would like that. Would you say the news has swept down like a Robin? <laughs> that's a that's a quote from the film Batman Forever. Yeah. She said, "I swooped in like a robin," starring a forty-five-year-old Chris, Chris O'Donnell as yeah. Robin, the Boy Wonder. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see the uh, the Bachelor movie? Is it just called The Bachelor? Yeah, with Renee Zellweger. Oh I, yeah, I have seen that actually. I did too as a kid. I yeah. don't know why. I, I don't think know either. I watched it as a kid because he played Robin. Yeah, so I was like, "This will be fun." I think that I did too. I was, think that's was exactly it funny? why. No, I don't think he so. He gets a million dollars if he marries somebody. If he gets married, like, very soon. Right. Like, he's got 24 hours And all the people are in wedding dresses. All the women are in w- wedding dresses chasing down the streets. I did not expect to be talking about the Chris O'Donnell yeah. film, The Bachelor. You right. want to talk about uh, Bedazzled? 
with Brendan Fraser, Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley? I don't. No. I've seen it. It's pretty funny. No. You didn't think it was funny? I didn't really think it was funny, no. Brendan Fraser's pretty funny, isn't well, it? Well, Brendan Fraser's Did, pretty Have you good. ever seen the uh, Blast from the Past? No. I kind of like that Alicia one. With Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Who played Batgirl and in Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Oh, my gosh. Alongside Chris O'Donnell. So yeah. it all comes together. Would you have liked... Yeah, maybe we've already said this. Would you have liked in early 2000s, like we're talking 2001, Brendan Fraser's Superman? No. That's crazy. Everyone would have. Really? Yeah. Superman. He was up for the role. I would have liked a 2001 Brendan Fraser as like... Green Lantern. Huh. I would watch that. I don't know. He kind of had like this this hunky like go- he no, was he I was a goofball, but I think he could have played I don't see that the all. Superman role pretty well. I would I, watch a Brendan Fraser Booster Gold movie right now. Yeah, that's right true. Now. Right. I just think kind of like how Chris Evans surprised us by being able to be 100% earnest as Captain America. Yeah. I think Brendan Fraser could have done the same thing as Superman. As Superman. He could have played mm. the the goofy, klutzy Clark Kent, yeah. and then he could have really guess they his hair already does the Superman spit. You're right, it does. I so. mean, I would take a Brendan Fraser Superman movie long before I would take a Nicolas Cage Superman movie. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Though at this point, the way I've become with history and stuff, I'd I wouldn't mind seeing that Nicolas Cage Superman yeah. movie. Just want to see how trippy it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm All sure right. it would really be trippy. Uh, do you think that we should that we should break the news to the podcast right now? What? Just you know, changes oh. changes in the way. Brendan Fraser <laughs> is basically just doing uh, like voice work these days. Uh huh. No, that, is that that's it? it? Yeah. yeah. What are you talking it. about? Uh, well, Nick? I'm talking about you. What about me? I'm talking about you and, and your 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 new your life change. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk about it. I guess we can. All right, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell. I'll, them. S- I'll start. Listen, let me tell everyone first. I'm adopting uh, a fourth dog. Your favorite <laughs> podcast here, the All the Book Show. Uh, <gasps> you're probably not even gonna notice a change, honestly. You, huh. Just here and there. Do you uh-huh. think? Well, it depends on where you're going with this. All right. What change are they? <laughs> well, the change is that this is the last episode that we record with Eric as a full-time David A. Howe Public Library staff member. Mm-hmm. And now uh, we're just going to be recording from across a couple of states. About 600 miles 600 apart. 600 miles apart. Yeah. Think of the delay. <laughs> yeah. Is it, like, is it an old yeah. type thing? Yeah. We, we have like, to write Eric. it out. And there's like a 30-second yeah. I'll delay. write the th- welcome to David A. Howe Public Library. Yes. All the book show. Yeah. And you'll get it. Then you'll have to write back. And I'm Nick Gunning. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's The podcast will be done by Telegraph. Yes. So um, that's that's really going to work out. No, but this is this is the last time for the foreseeable future that you and I will be sitting across from each other at a table with mics and headphones on. Mm-hmm. We'll just be sitting across uh, multiple states. So yeah. just like as we would do with an author via interview or something like that. Yeah. So sad, sure. Yes. yes. But now, if you're a podcast listener, you know that Eric is here for you. Yes. Out of the goodness of his heart, <laughs> as a David A. Howe yeah. public library volunteer, basically, yeah, rather than you know, yeah. paid. So now yeah. this is a real test of his yeah. commitment to you, the podcasts, uh-huh. and here it is, proof. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, anything I'll try else, to make sure that it's, uh, it's no different. But you, what if I? What if like on the next episode where we're skyping me in? Yeah. I I'm just completely different. That'd be weird. I'm just like, oh, hello, Nick. Are we talking books again? That's that's. I've what been be reading like. the history, the rise and fall of the Roman Do you Empire. Think it's gonna be like that? It's quite droll. I guess I'm more worried that you're gonna like find some really weird hobby and uh-huh. talk about it all the time. Right. You know, like yeah. you're gonna get into like those uh, little tiny skateboards that you can do tricks uh, on yeah. tech decks. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid. I'm into bottle cap art. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Are you gonna you're gonna finally get into pogs again and try to like make pogs a thing? Mm-hmm. I'm that's yeah. what I'm worried about. Maybe I start spray tanning. And I won't be there so I won't be able to like yeah. relate to you in that yeah. way. And I'll it, be like, Oh yeah. pogs, huh? Yeah. And I loved pogs, mm-hmm. but that was twenty years ago. Right. Thirty. 
I, I get into getting like a toe ring. Mm-hmm. And then like every episode, I just try to bring it up. Yeah. Like, this reminds me of when I went and got my toe when ring. you got your toe ring. Which is crazy. You could just slide a toe ring on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you said like you went and got it. Like it was Yeah, I went to the store. Okay. I right, said, so I would like this. Do you think, Eric, which toe would you Eric suggest? Eric went to icing by Claire's and got a uh, a, a sweet toe, toe ring. ring. A toe ring. Yeah. All right. Let's open the old bookmark, I think. Depending on how much you shower, you might have a natural toe ring. Gross. Okay. Well, here we are in in the bookmarks. Do you like that music? The bookmark music? Because you're very critical of the author spotlight, but you like the bookmark. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about you? What have you been reading? Anything good? What have I been reading? Let me get this out. I finished Dread Nation. Oh, nice. Okay. By Justina Ireland. Yeah. Uh, again, I guess I thought this was a different book. Yeah. But it's a alternate history Civil War book about uh, girls that would have been in like slavery mm-hmm. at the time because yes. of how everything turns out, and the Civil War is basically ended because of the zombie outbreak. Right. They're now being trained to fight uh, zombies. But then there's another twist that comes later, Ooh. and they're sent out to like the Midwest, nice, and fighting zombies again. Wow. But how many more twists are there in this book? Mm. One more. You gonna read? <laughs> you gonna read the the sequel? The, the sequel just came out. Yeah. Uh, Divide. Death, Deathless Divide. Yeah, Deathless yep. Divide. That was a really. That was one of our more fun author interviews. I feel like the one we did with Justin I, Ireland. They're all fun. I you always <laughs> say that I know, but I feel like that one. And not just because we talked about Ewoks a lot, mm-hmm. but oh yeah, just in yeah, general. Anytime you was, can talk Ewoks. Oh, let me ask you this. Uh huh. Um, we already did our Gary, Gary Paulson spotlight, but now you've actually done the book club. How did it go? Did the kids like uh, Woodrunner? Eighth grade was kind of lukewarm okay. on Woods Runner by yes, Gary Paulson. Right. Seventh grade really liked it a lot. They had just done their Revolutionary War section in Perfect. school. So this was afterwards. Some One of the kids was even like, I learned more about the Revolutionary War in this book. Wow. And I was like, snap, Gary Paulson. And if you're listening. I feel like if I was that kid's teacher, I don't know <laughs> how pleased I'd be with well, that. But they liked I'm glad, all this fact. Yeah. I'm glad that seventh grade liked Woods Runner. Yeah. And apparently all these kids, not only have they read Hatchet, both seventh and eighth grade, they've read all the sequels that really? you read. Yeah. Oh. When I was a kid and I saw there was a sequel, I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. But these, they just dug into it. Wow. So, okay. I told him about a drift by Paul Giffen. Yeah. And I am still alive yeah. by uh, Kate Alice Marshall. Okay. I've read a lot of X Men since I finished. I am still alive. Yeah. Oh, and then I also read Catherine Applegate's Crenshaw. Okay. Yeah. Save it. I will save it. We're gonna spotlight. I finally finished the anime series Gungrave. Oh, that's one I've been watching between years. It's just because sometimes you're streaming it and then it's gone off the streaming service. Yeah. And back when I was buying all my anime before even watching it, like I'd buy it to watch it. It was so expensive at the time. Right. Yeah, I remember. They didn't put them out in thin packs. They would put them out on those the volumes where it was like eight DVDs yeah. and each DVD had two episodes. Right. So it was like $120 for yep. Gungrave. So I finally watched Gungrave. That's I liked it. I can admit at the end, I got a little teary eyed. Huh? I got teary eyed at the end and then I got teary eyed during the credit sequence. Okay. First time I ever even saw anything about Gungrave was the 2005 anime Boston winner for best editing anime music video. Really? Yeah. You're big into anime it. music videos. Though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, anime watching and getting into anime music videos is basically the reason I went to college. Wow. Yeah. That's a bold statement. Because I, the first thing I ever watched was a Cowboy Bebop music video somebody did to the cores, Forgiven Not Forgotten. Oh. And watching that, I was like, how do you do this? My wife loves the cores. Can I do this? Loves them. And then I started doing it. Huh. And so I started just editing videos, wow. making my own anime music videos. Okay. Started making my own video videos. Pretty and I good. went to college for media and visual arts. Got my bachelor's degree. Here I am. Here you are. Yeah. All these years later. Thank you, anime. Yeah. 
fandom. Wow. Yeah. And the chorus. I really. Yeah, and the chorus. I, I own uh, Forgiven Not Forgotten just because of that. To wow. remind me that I'm still Jenny from the Locks. Yeah. That's good. So. That is great. Good Don't not. Good do not you. be confused by the toe ring that I got. I was a little, but okay. I'm glad that uh, you cleared that up. I've also been watching some other anime. I watched Pentema Inverted, which okay. was fun. But the one uh, I wanted to mention is I watched Fist of the North Star. This is an anime movie from 1986. Oh. There was a TV show that was more accurate to the manga, and then there was the movie. And on the cover, it says, the most violent anime film ever made. Mm. And I was like, I'm, I bet that's like, it was in 1986, but it's been surpassed. This movie is bananas. Wow. It's one of those things where the guy will do like one of those like 500 finger death punch things where he's yeah. like, cha, 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 right. and then the guy just stands there, and then their heads explode. Mm-hmm. And like, it, because the animation is so old, you can tell when somebody's going to blow up because it gets uh, decompressed, like bad 80s CGI. The quality just goes down because they're... You, they had the compression on the CGI and everything. They're just erupting from like inside out everywhere from these punches. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's intense. There's a song in the middle of it where the chorus goes, I'm standing in the center of pure emotion. And it's like this 80s hair battle, battle like, I'm standing in the center of pure emotion. <laughs> so, anyway, pretty if you haven't seen Fist of the North Star, 1986 anime film. Do it. Wow. It's, it's bananas. My uh, college roommate was big into anime. At uh-huh. one time, he was very depressed. I think his girlfriend had broken up with him oh, or something. Yeah. And he put in Blood, The Last Vampire. Oh, yeah. That was pretty intense. What? You've seen Blood, The Last Vampire? Well, I've known you for sort of. 10 years. I didn't like it. Oh. I I didn't get into it. I mean, it started and I was like, Nick's going to go. Blood, The Last Vampire. That's one of those. I probably uh, went and made some ramen. Honestly, Blood of the Last Vampire is one of the movies yeah. I would show people who are just getting into anime. Really? Yeah. It was only like 40 minutes long. Yeah. I loved that one. Last Vampire. That was a good one. Yeah. Especially when uh, the vampires show up. Grave of the Fireflies, too. That was another sad one that he watched. Oh, my word. Yeah. Too don't sad. watch that one. Too I've sad. S- watch it once and then. Too sad. Feel, yeah. It's the saddest film I've ever seen. Okay. Anything else? <sighs> no. Okay. <laughs> I finished the uh, CBS series Interrogation. Which I talked oh, about yeah, this a you few were weeks about back. That a while, this yeah. is, it's a cold case thing. Mm-hmm. There's a. It's like watch this episode first, watch this episode last, and then in between you can follow whatever order you want. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to watch through it that way because we'd listen to some, and then you know somebody would have some little thing off here, and we'd be like, "Oh, that's interesting. Let's watch the episode about that character." Mm-hmm. And so it was a really a pretty compelling way to watch it. Mm-hmm. And even though we watched it in just a nonsensical Manor. way, it felt like we watched it in the right way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. It was cool. I, I really like it. It's Right now, I think it's just on CBS All Access, but I think it's definitely worth a watch. Okay. That was a lot of fun. I read Rise of the Batgirl, which is which is pretty cool. It's Cassandra Cain. Cassandra Cain, yes. Who we DC talked, Inc.? DC U- Zoom. They don't know. Okay. If they don't know, I don't know. But um, yes, yeah, so this this is all about Cassandra Cain, who is, uh, takes over as Batgirl after Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon is also in this. Um, sort of inspires uh, Cassandra to to be Batgirl. Yeah. What I like about it is that it feels it feels totally new. It feels totally fresh. But the characters are also very recognizable. It's like the the core of those characters and their backstories are all still there. Mm-hmm. It's just spun in a way that feels new. Right. So I I really like that a lot. And I was I didn't like the Zatanna one at all. House of um, whatever that one's called. House of Secrets. Satana House of Secrets. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're not familiar with Satana, she's basically a magician type character, daughter of Zatara, who's a crazy magician. Mm-hmm. And she 
in this is a teenager mm-hmm. and Zatara like goes missing. And mm-hmm. so she, I don't know, stuck in a house of secrets. It's not good. It feels more like Sabrina, the teenager. She casts witch. spells by saying them backwards, saying them backwards, which is yeah. a, a small part of this. But really, if you just changed the basic design and said it was Sabrina, the teenage witch, I would believe you. Hmm. It wasn't, didn't work. I didn't like it, but rise right. of the bat girl. Very good. Hmm. I read the uh, the three volume Black Widow run that came out a while back. I'm a Black Widow baby. Uh, <laughs> the song, and that was I think that's Nathan Edmondson who writes that. That sound right? Sounds right. Okay. Oh wait, Keep I'm going. not a, I'm not really a fan of this run. I, I gave each of them three stars, and I think the book looks really cool, and there's really good moments, good use of guest stars, a really uh, interesting Punisher crossover. Hey, okay, well, but that's the thing. The Punisher series that crosses over, the one yeah. you said you were interested yes. in, that, that I really loved, it's also by Nathan Edmondson. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, that makes me less anxious to read it because I felt like while the look of this oh. book was really well thought out, I don't think the story ever really, until the third volume, you didn't get a lot of depth in Black Widow as a character, mm-hmm. and it just didn't do much for me, but... We do have the whole run in our collection. I really liked the Punisher run. It It was good stuff. I really liked the one Punisher issue that was in there, so I might pick that up sometime. Yeah. I was also, after our Robert Parker, Spencer Confidential episode a while back, uh, wanted to finish off Sonny Randall, so I read Spare Change, which is the last Robert Parker Sonny Randall. Randall. But there are two now by Mike Lupica. Mm Mm-hmm. Taking over the series, who wrote yeah. the seventh and eighth novel? Those are out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like this. the The ones before that, she was having a romance with Jesse Stone, another Robert Parker series, and it was not oh, uh, not working. And so this one was kind of back to basics. Jesse Stone I, is so toxic. I liked that. Well, I mean, his girlfriend is toxic, yeah. but he his ex wife is toxic. Yeah, well, but like, Sunny kind of has a toxic thing with her oh, ex as geez. well. It's a little healthier than Jesse Stone's, but not by much. Yeah, but Jesse Stone's like a mess. Yes. He's one of those guys that people probably think they can fix. Probably. <laughs> probably. For more on Robert B. Parker, go back to two episodes we have. Mm-hmm. One, The Hamburger's Bookmark, which is episode 28, mm-hmm. and the other is Spencer Confidential, episode 237. Yeah. Um, I'm currently reading some yeah. fun stuff. Go on. <laughs> I'm currently reading Blonde by Joyce Carol Oates. Mm-hmm. If you'll recall, during our Spencer Confidential episode, you couldn't find I had lost book. it. Yeah. Tore your house apart. Tore yeah. my car apart. It was on the dash. Yeah. Nick wasn't planning to read Blonde at the house. We were going to watch Spencer Confidential, but he just always has a book with him. Yes. I don't know. I, I listen. I thought if my son is not going to sleep very well, maybe I'll sit up there while he's mm-hmm. looking at his books, and I'll read a little bit so he gets you'll comfortable. Read, you'll read your son blonde. No, as I'll he read goes it to asleep? myself while he's looking at his yeah. books. You know, okay. Being around you is like anyway. being around a toxic wake. I couldn't find it anyway. Dad, but um, that's a I'm, chapter from Blonde. <laughs> thank you. I'm about halfway through Blonde. I'm fully mm-hmm. in the Marilyn Monroe section now. It's uh, been like her early days, Norma Jean. We've just gotten up to her filming Niagara. And now she's full-fledged Marilyn Monroe. That's, so now that's where we are. She's gone from naturally blonde to legally blonde. Ah, she was never naturally blonde. Eric, read the book. Sorry, I don't know anything about Marilyn I Monroe. Know. I've I seen know. her in Asphalt Jungle. You haven't seen Some Like It Hot? No, I've also seen that. Okay, yeah, that's two. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to see Niagara, and I never have. Uh, the Canadian side is the side to see. That's true. That's yeah. actually a good point. Uh, Thank uh, you. For I've that. been over there. Also inspired by past episodes, I picked up Robin Archives Volume <laughs> Two. So these are the, the Robin backup stories. I'm from glad like, the podcast could inspire you to read some Robin. <laughs> it did. From the 1940s. And I'd read the first volume years ago. It was kind of like, blah. Nah. But I picked this one up, and I also feel is a little blah Is that the sound about you it, make? Yeah. Finally, the book club I'm doing with my buddies, we are reading our first Deep Space Nine hey. book. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Warped 
by K.W. Jeter, and I'm liking it so far. Mm. I do have it on cassette audiobook, and so I have a cassette player <laughs> that I hooked up yeah, through my... Okay. Hold on. I hooked up through my FM transmitter, which sends you know it sends mm-hmm. a Bluetooth into the car system so I can hear my cassettes. Wow. Next time, I should just drive your car. Yeah, my, has a cassette my Toyota Camry's got a cassette I player. I should hook you up before you drive. I'm okay. I think I... It would uh-huh. be my pleasure. I, I had one mixtape as a teen of like late 90s, early 2000s songs. But man, I don't know. You'd listen to it and be like, this is what young Eric was listening to. Weird Al, Chumbawamba, and Enya. Mine is really not that far off. Okay. I listened to mine recently. Yeah. And it's the, the thing about that mixtape. A little bit more Frank Sinatra. A little is, more Rat Pack in general. It's a uh, pre-Red Hot Chili Peppers, Eric. Oh. So like you listen to that and like, boy, this yeah. guy has no idea what he's doing. Mm-mm. Had closing time, oh. but also the Jurassic oh. Park main oh. theme. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that's it for me. Had Mr. Roboto on it. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Had two weird ass songs. Want to take a look at some book news? Yeah. Oh, I said I had some Robin-related book news. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Coming out in May from DC Comics, we have The Lost Carnival, a Dick Grayson graphic novel. Hey. Are you interested or not interested? A Lost Carnival. Uh, Tepid. Tepid. Okay. You're going to drop right out of it when I say this next line. Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. Listeners, let's see how fast he falls when I say this next part. Maybe I'm in it. Before Batman trained him to be Robin... Dick Grayson discovered the power of young love and its staggering costs at the dangerous, magical, and utterly irresistible Lost Carnival. The cover is cool. It's a very like Leo in the Great Gatsby kind of cover. And right. I like it. So okay. it's the first time there's been just a straight up Dick Grayson, no superhero, just Dick Grayson kind of. I'll take my Dick Grayson straight up. I agree. No, that was my impression of you at a bar oh. ordering a new Nightwing comic. Huh. I wonder what that would be. A Nightwing comic? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought you were saying like a Nightwing mixed drink. Oh, I don't know. It'd be cheap, though. Whoa. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Okay. Uh, you want to look at the, the New York Times bestseller list? Yeah. Sorry, Nightwing. <laughs> Number 10 on the New York Times bestsellers list for hardcover fiction. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your horses. <laughs> yeah. Hold your horses with your butt. Here we go. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, number 10, The Night Watchman by Louise Erdrich. Mm-hmm. As a bill that may hurt the rights of Native Americans goes to Congress in 1953, domestic issues arise for plant workers near the Turtle Mountain Reservation in North Dakota. Number 9, The Silent Patient by Alex McKillides. Theo Faber looks into the mystery of a famous painter who stops speaking after shooting her husband. I feel like this one has been here for quite a while. 40 Weeks. Number eight, Writers and Lovers by Lily King. Cassie Peabody goes through a big life transition as she tries to maintain a creative life. Number seven, You Are Not Alone by Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. You know what? I do I do want to read this because I really like The Wife Between Us, but then I didn't at all like the follow-up. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Shay Miller's bad luck may get even worse when she meets a pair of sisters who always get what they want. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Number six, Blindside by James Patterson and James O'Born, the 12th book in the Michael Bennett series. Starring serial- Sandra Bullock as she tries to help someone play football. The Blindside. Yeah. This one is a serial killing, a serial killing spree might oh, wow. impact national security. That's a really different role for Sandy Bullock. Is it? Yeah. Did she do... Uh, Has she played a serial killer? No. She's the s- yes. mystery solver. The policeman. The detective. 
In the heat? No. I thought she did like a drama. You know what? I'm probably thinking Angel Eyes with Angelina Jolie. No, you know what? I kind of think I know what you mean. Thank you. Number five, American Dirt by Janine Cummings. A bookseller flees Mexico for the United States with her son while pursued by the head of a drug cartel. I said drug cartel, but I don't know what I actually said. Uh, Number four, the numbers game. Oh, numbers. No, thank you. Today, some uh, seventh graders asked me what nine times three was, and I said 18. And then they had to correct me. I was like, I I had to tell them, like, unless I'm looking at my fingers, I cannot tell you my nines. You can't do it. Yeah. And you know what? I don't care about that. John Grisham's A Time to Kill. Is that what you were thinking? No, maybe. She was in Speed 2. No. Murder by Numbers. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Number four, The Numbers Game. (gasps) Murder by The Numbers Game. Daniel Steele. An affair wrecks a marriage and a daughter seeks to get out from her family's shadow while old dreams and new love are pursued. Number three, Where the Crawdads Sing, 79 Weeks by Delia Owens in the quiet town of North Carolina coast in 1969. A young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. Uh-oh. We suspect you a murder. That's no good. Of the marsh. Yes. Number two, Long Range by C.J. Box. This is book 20 of the Joe Pickett series. Give me series. a C. C. Give me a J. J. Give me a Box. Box. What does it spell? C.J. Box. Yes. A grizzly bear attack and an attempted assassination of a local judge baffle the Wyoming game warden. Hmm. They baffle him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Seems like the grizzly had intent. Local judge? Yeah. What? Do you think at like at one point during this, they're going to have the grizzly bear in handcuffs bringing him <laughs> down yes. to yes, the Yes, I do think that. Yeah. yeah. No grizzly bears above the law. <laughs> <laughs> this is Joe Pickett country. I plead not guilty. Objection. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) We have a surprise witness. Your mama bear. Oh, no. Mama, no. (laughs) The defense should Uh. not get in between the mama bear and the the (laughs) cub bear, though. I know. I just need to be careful. Yeah, grizzly bear attacks. Forget it. It's just you're supposed to play dead, but I also feel like you're just waiting to be dead yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Those are the two. Like yeah. you're playing dead because you might survive, but really you're just like, please end this. Yeah. There's like look, I'm already dead. Yep. <laughs> Finish. So. Yeah. Uh black bears I read somewhere that they are very skittish. Okay. And you can actually like if it's between a mama black bear and her cubs, you actually have a chance of like separating them. Because really? they might just flee because they're to like testify in a court case. <laughs> Is that what you but mean? yeah, grizzly bears are terrifying, which is funny because polar bears. What kind of bear is Yogi? Would you say? Uh, I mean, he's brown. Yeah, brown bear. He's a brown bear. Aren't there smaller brown bears in like Boo Boo? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, in hey, Yogi, where he's he's in Jellystone, which is yeah. Yellowstone. So yeah. I guess he's a grizzly. Okay. He should wreck Ranger Rick he then. Should. When Ranger Rick's like Ranger Yogi, Rick. what's his name? Smith. Ranger Smith. Who's Ranger Rick? That sounds right. <laughs> I'm just saying, in Yogi Bear. When the ranger is like, Yogi, you can't steal picnic baskets. Yogi should be like, hmm, head decapitation. Mm. Ranger Rick is the mascot for the National Wildlife Federation. He looks to be a raccoon, which I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't seem like a good idea, does it? All right. Yeah, like the raccoon is like, everybody needs to leave their garbage out. Right. That's important. Yeah. Do not cover your garbage. Leave it out. You want it uncovered. Leave it out. And, uh. If you hear rattling outside, it's best to not look. That's helpful, and you want yeah. that. Yep. It's when you don't hear the rattling. <laughs> yeah. Hey, also, stop putting th- things 
in things where I can get my hand right. in, but then I can't get my hand out. Or the perpetrator. The perpetrator. The perpetrator. <laughs> That's what hand I meant. In and out. Ranger All Rick, right. these seem very raccoon Shut specific. Up. <laughs> Leave your garbage out. <laughs> All right. You want to hear what number one is on the bestsellers list? Oh, well, will I be disappointed? I just need to know. I already did the Marsh book. Okay. What is it then? Where the crawdads sing. How Just kidding. Is it possible? <laughs> no. Number one, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Maas. Oh. Passion arises between Bryce Quinlan and Hunt Althalar as they seek to avenge the death of Bryce's friends. Those names made me tired. Yeah, listen, when you're summarizing your fantasy book, it's best not to put your characters' names, at least yeah. not their first names. Right. If I had just said Bryce and Hunt, yeah. fine. Or just describe them. Be like a rugged hunter and a magician woman, I assume. <laughs> a witch? <laughs> okay. Hmm. That's it? She's not a witch. She's the protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Um. I would just like to follow up on, on uh, something that came up earlier. The 2002 film is rated R, Murder by Numbers, starring Sandra Bullock. The body of a young woman is found in a ditch in the woods of a small California coastal town of San Benito. A tenacious homicide detective, Sandy Bullock, and her new partner, Ben Chaplin, uncover a trail of shrewdly concealed evidence that links to two brilliant young men, Ryan Gosling, Matt Pitt, Michael Pitt, sorry, mm -hmm. to a murder. Do you want to watch it? I'm kind of intrigued. Mm -hmm. Sandy is the uh, tenacious. No. You don't like that? No. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, someone you do like. All the books presents Author Spotlight. Eric, it's been five years in the making. Hold are on. You, are you ready? This, according to, to Quoa, talk about according to Quoa, and this will relate. Okay. At one point, okay. Yogi is most definitely a grizzly bear. Oh my gosh! I let my son take a picture with him. <laughs> uh, there's also the Kodiak bear, but I don't think Yogi's a Kodiak. That's the one that takes pictures all the time. Yeah, but you have to shake it. Oh, okay. After it comes out. Okay. So, uh, the All the Book Show does not recommend you shake a Kodiak bear. No. <laughs> don't. Don't. So. Yes, we're talking K.A. Applegate. Let's or do it. As she goes now, Catherine Applegate. She's abandoned the namesake K.A. She's abandoned us. Wow. Us Animorph fans. Wow. No, wow, wow, no. Wow. She's just well, I mean, when new was, audience. When was the last Animorph book? Gosh, I can't tell you. Is it 52 or 53? 1953? No, I was saying the <laughs> book number, Animorphs 52. It, I the, don't know. Fun fact, the last book of Animorphs, you ready for this? Yeah. It's called The Beginning. Oh, my gosh. But it's actually the end. But what is every end if not a new beginning? 54, the 54. beginning. Yeah. Okay. Which was written by K.A. Applegate again. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because you're going to get on that whole ghost writer train. No, no. It's just a lot. Okay. Of, a yes. Lot, no. A lot of people ghost wrote the Animorphs. A lot in the later years were ghost written. Yes. Something that was acknowledged. Yes. But she actually did come back and finish it. Something so. nobody told me about as a kid while I was reading them. And you were just like, she's really lost her touch. There, there was... During the second half of Animorphs, I was definitely like, hmm, these just aren't as good. Have you read all 54 of these books? Yes, I've read all 54. Have I've you? read all 54 of the Animorphs. Have you read the I've Alternomorphs? I've read all Alternomorphs. I've read all the Chronicles, and I've read all the Megamorphs. Thank wow. you very much. Have That's I read lot. all the Animorph books? I own all the Animorph you books. Said, you, you said Chronicles. You said Alternomorphs. Mm -hmm. Megamorphs. The beginning came out May 2001. Mm -hmm. these, these ended when I was still in high school. Yeah, I spent my first paycheck finishing up the Animorph series. Really? Yeah. 
You made a lot of reckless decisions back what? then. What? Finishing up the Animorph movies? Just go to just, books. Just just go to a library. All right, let's <laughs> talk about. I did. Uh, good for you. I read. I but I also just I got all the Animorph books. How I do, have them all. How do you want to get into this? Would you like to start with just K. A. Apple, Catherine Applegate as a whole, and then and then focus in on Animorphs, or do you want to just go right into Animorphs and then talk about the other stuff? Yeah, let's go right into Animorphs. Okay, let's. That's do where it. it all begins. Let's. That's do the it. real beginning. You're right. No, the real beginning of Animorphs is the invasion. Of the Body Snatchers? No, just the Invasion. Oh. There is very much a Invasion of the Body Snatchers theme throughout the Animorphs series, though, because that's basically what it is. Earth is being invaded by the Yurks, uh, slug-like aliens that crawl in through your ear canal and wrap themselves around the nook and crannies of your brain, taking over your entire body right. while you are still conscious. Yeah. And so they are able to absorb all your memories and know everything about you and can pretend to be you, but you're still in there being like, please, please don't turn my brother Jake into a Yurk. Yowza. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've got to say, I... <laughs> I know you're going to make fun of me for this, but mm-hmm. I didn't really think of the Animorphs as like like a, like so so strictly a sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I guess I thought it was just sort of like, we found a rock in the woods. It turns us into lizards. Oh, my word. That's what I thought. Oh, my That's gosh. That's what I thought this whole my time. My goodness. That's what I thought this whole time. Uh-huh. But I read The Invasion mm-hmm. by Catherine Applegate, yes. narrated by Jake. Yeah. And Fearless I was leader. very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> because uh-huh. suddenly there's like a Green Lantern that crashes on their planet. Don't call and the, he's like, the Andalites the Green Lantern. Take my ring. Okay. Hal Jordan. And then, yeah, and then crazy stuff just starts happening. It's just mm-hmm. like boom, boom, boom. Aliens are worming into people's ears mm-hmm. and taking them over. And the mm-hmm. kids are like, ah! <laughs> and what's his, what's his face? With, who turns it to the Falcon? A Red Tail Hawk. Holy crap. What, Tobias? Yes. Yeah, he's got a sad life. Book one? Yeah. Book one, he's yeah. a falcon. Yeah. Book one, he's a falcon. we got to raise the stakes. So here's the rules of the Animorph Here's Here's the intense. summary of the invasion. Please. So uh, five friends okay. of various relations. Yes. You've got Jake, his cousin Rachel. Yes. The crush that Jake has, who is also Rachel's friend, Cassie. But not Rachel. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jake's best friend, Marco. Okay. And Tobias, uh, kind of the outsider of the group. Rachel yeah. kind of well, has a, bird, a thing so. for him. Uh, but Even Tobias... After? Tobias is kind of a, uh, he's like the outlier that Jake defended one time from bullies, and now he kind of like hangs around near Jake. Anyway, they're all walking back home from the mall. They take a shortcut through an abandoned construction site. Meanwhile, a a spaceship lands. Yeah. Out comes Elfangor. Intense. An Andalite warrior. Yeah. And he... He's dying, so he takes out the morphing cube. He's like, you need this. It's it's you. You need to defend yourself against the Yurks. He tells them about the Yurks. Uh, All the the friends uh, put their hands on the morphing cube, and now they have the powers of the Andalites, the technology. So basically, what that means is the... uh, our characters, they can, uh, if they make physical ta- contact with an animal, they absorb their DNA and are able to morph into them. And they have that DNA forever. Right. So, like at one point, Jake, uh, Jake has a dog. So he acquires the dog DNA. And he is able to morph into his dog. Does he Boomer. Be- does he become that? Boomer. Exact- Homer. Homer. The dog's name is Homer. Oh my I said gosh. Boomer. Boomer is from Independence Day. Does he become that specific dog? He becomes that dog bat- down to a DNA level. Yes. Wow. He becomes that. So he looks like the dog. He's exactly that dog. Wow. On, on a DNA okay. level, he is if like a if a scientist caught him and was like, oh, this dog belongs to uh, the Jake family. Mm-hmm. They're not called the Jake family, but right. we don't know last names. Right. That's the thing. They don't tell you their last names because oh. they don't know who they can trust. Wow. 
So it's always my name is Jake. I can't tell you my last name because I don't know who we can trust. Trust Let's no one. Let's say Carruthers. It's uh, not Carruthers. We find out in the beginning. It could be Carruthers. It's not Carruthers. We find out in the last books of the series what their last names are. Oh, so it's it doesn't matter. So at this it's point, not important. At this point, yeah. readers could assume. No, at never is Jake like uh, I'm Jake Douglas, son of Kirk Douglas. Mm, he doesn't <laughs> say that. No. Okay. Um, I have a follow up question. Yes. Uh, who is Axe? Axe is Axamili. The, bro- the youngest brother of Elfangor, who uh, ends up at the bottom of the ocean in a ship, and the Animorphs get a message from him and uh, morph into dolphins and travel down to the bottom of the ocean to get him. <laughs> and they bring him up. And now, and so what they do is they, they all put their hands in, and Axe acquires each one of their DNA, and he morphs into a, a, a maglamation of them. Oh. And it's funny because they talk about how weird it is to look at him. He's like, those are my eyes, but that's Jake's nose right. kind of thing. Uh, but Axe is, ba- but that's is just morph. Uh, so Axe is their Andalite friend, uh, compatriot. Oh, he he hangs out in the forest and he with nar- Tobias, and he narrates some of the books as well. Yes, later on, uh, he takes over because it follows this thing. It's a Jake, it's a uh, Jake, Rachel, Tobias, Cassie, Marco, and then what happens is going on after Axe Amelia joins is uh, Tobias and Alfang uh, Axe switch back oh, and I forth. See. Um, so here's the rules of morphing. Okay. You can morph into any animal, any size and all that, but you can only stay in that morph for two hours yes. because if you are in that morph longer than two hours, you stay that way permanently, permanently which there. becomes always a stressful thing. Cause like I've been in this morph for an axiomely, uh, uh, Andalites can uh, have like a, innate sense of time so during later books Axe is always like we've been in this morph for an hour and 55 of your minutes Yeek. and so it's like oh no and the animorphs learned the lesson the hard way because at the end of the invasion tobias was unable to escape uh the yerk pool i'll get into the yerk pool in a second okay uh he was unable to escape from one of their missions and he had to stay in his red tail hawk form and now he's stuck as a red tail hawk and he basically wow. just has to live in the forest as a red tail hawk uh, while also having a, uh, 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 Romeo and Juliet relationship with, uh, Rachel. Wow. Yeah. And the third, the third book is very in depth about like what it's like to be trapped. Cause here's the thing too. When you morph into an animal, uh, you, you experience their, in- the instincts of right. the animal. So yeah. bigger, uh, smarter animals, it's easier to morph into because the instincts are less pronounced. Right. But the the smaller or yeah. the more uh, oh, like less a bird into, would have yeah. serious instincts. But anytime they turn into uh, insects mm-hmm. or rodents or something, it becomes like especially prey animals. It becomes very fight and flight. The, the Tobias books always kind of deal with him like balancing like I'm a human, but I'm a reptile hawk. It's a very intense. the first the first time he's like you know what I'm gonna kill an animal and eat it. And Tobias that was a big scene. He's like yeah. oh no is he losing himself? He's I losing bet. himself. I guess he is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So listen. I, as a 37-year-old man, mm-hmm. read The Invasion for the first time. The Invasion. And I got to say, I really liked it. Yeah. The thing, yeah. The thing is, we've talked about this before with, yeah. with books that are geared towards the junior age. Mm-hmm. Like with Woods Runner. The Woods Runner. It was like, there is just no time. You know? It's mm-hmm. just sort of like, event, event, event. Right. Event! <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So, and that's what it was. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this well, is happening so book, fast. Yeah. You know? Yeah, very much so. Like, a lot of stuff yeah. was going down. And it was exciting. It mm-hmm. did make me want to read the second book. You mm-hmm. know? It wasn't just like a chore to read or anything. The so. changeling? No, I can't remember what the, the visitor. The visitor. I said it, the visitor! I said it! Mm. 
I said it just as you were. Oh, whatever. I don't remember. Yeah, the visitor Rachel book. She's turning into a cat in there. Listen, there's so many fun things about the cover. First, you get the animorph going from human into the animal. Yeah. So you see the different forms of the morph. But then you open it and I you see that. the animal. I was going to mention in a plate. that. And so book seven is hilarious because it's Rachel turning into a grizzly bear. And then you turn the cover and it's Rachel as a grizzly bear, Jake as a tiger, and Marco as a gorilla in an elevator. And it's just like, that's hilarious. But also, <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, and then, yeah, you flip the pages and you can watch them morph. Or you it's can watch fun. them demorph. Yeah. Uh, what other things should I tell you? Yerks require, I can't remember what it was called. It starts with a K, I think. They require the rays from their home sun. Okay. Kryptonite? No. Okay. And uh, so every three days, they have to go to their yerk pool, which is hidden underground normally. Uh, and they have to swim around in the waters and absorb the rays and everything. That's how they survive. So if you deny a yerk that... You kill it. Wow. So if you were to get somebody who is a uh, yerk. who's uh, under the control of a yerk, yes. and you'd like tie them down and don't let them escape for three days, look out! That yerk is dead. You've killed them. Book six. You've committed murder at that. Point. Book six. You've they're they're invading a hospital. They're trying to free a hospital of uh, yerks. Jake, his head gets put into a yerk pool, and they all think he's fine. But guess what? What? He get, there's a yerk in there. Oh, there's no. a yerk in Jake's brain. Oh, no. And they figure it out. And so now the yerk knows about the animorphs and all this stuff. Oh. And the animorphs have to basically lock Jake in a cabin for three days. That's intense. As the uh, oh, as okay. the yerk is trying to escape to get to a yerk pool. Right. And it's, it's kind of this like fight between Jake and the yerk. Like, you're wrong. And he's like, what about us? We got to live. Right. And so it's this big like, should we kill the yerk and wow. all this stuff? At the end, yeah, the yerk dies. That's and intense. And you just uh, spoiled it. That's, I spoiled book six really of the intense. Animorphs from 1996. Yeah, let me look. Let me tell you exactly <laughs> when that book came out. Uh, What's your favorite? 1997. You don't know anything about these books. Oh my word! You don't know anything. <laughs> you thought book two was called The Changeling. I said The Visitor afterwards. I'm sorry. Is there even a book called The Listen, Changeling? Listen, probably not. Oh my word! I'm. Jeez. I am a faux fan. All right, tell me. There's one called The Change. That's where I think Rachel goes through menopause. Is that supposed to be funny? They're all teen. <laughs> They're all very young. That should be the other thing <laughs> yes, you said. It was. They're very young. I think we're looking at like preteen age when yeah, we're talking about the right. Animorphs. What's my favorite book? Yeah, your favorite. Listen, your favorite I read the first book. 25 books yeah. multiple times each. Okay. There were times when I'm like, what book? I would just throw them in my backpack. I would just take, I'm reading 14, 15 today. Which character do you prefer to read? Marco was my favorite of... character as a Marco. kid. Uh-huh. Marco had this kind of like, you're the life is you're laughing or you're crying kind of mentality. Okay. So he's kind of the jokester. Huh. But he's got a sad you kind of story mentality. where his mom is dead and his uh, he's uh, by himself with his dad. Who's, oh, wow. And his dad's kind of like giving up on life and Marco's kind of taking care of his dad. Should I spoil some twists there? No, don't. What? This book series Don't is 30 it. years old. Is Marco's dad a red-tailed hawk? No, Marco's dad is just a guy. Okay, I wasn't I, sure. Are you sure? I don't think this you should spoil it. This is five. I don't think you should spoil it, no. What? No, because I might read them to my son or something. I don't, I don't want to know. Yes. Let's just say, oh, you suck. You suck. All right, that's fine. Okay. Look, the twists and turns that came from all these things, it was huge for me as a kid. And they're always uh, dealing with Visser III, uh, who is the only Yerk to ever take over an Andalite. Oh, is Visser 3's claim to fame. Wow. So, which means Visser 3 is the only Yurk who can morph. Oh. And while the other Animorphs are turning into animals, Visser 3 is turning into all these monster creatures from other planets. Is he like their big bad? 
Uh, he is their big bad throughout the series. Okay. So they're, the ranks are like Visser something up to Visser 1. Okay. And so Visser 3 is always trying to get up to Visser 1. I but see. Yeah, he's he's the big is it, the big bad. Is it like Scientology or it's a different... No, I don't think it's like Scientology. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, because Visser 3 is... Da- an Andalite is dangerous. Like, their tail... I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with the, an Andalite. An Andalite no. is, has four legs, hooves, like a horse. It's kind of like a centaur. It's got two arms it's got uh stock eyes so yeah. you look in all directions right it's got a tail with a it's supposed to be for cutting grass so they can eat their tail okay. but it's uh it's a deadly sharp like scorpion tail uh and so vista 3 is dangerous already add on the fact that he can morph Scary. you know what do you know what else andalites eat from their hooves really yep they they crush the ground underneath them and That's they eat through their hooves i bet they're adorable when they're real yeah. hungry Oh, little right, little right, Andalites. Right, That's adorable. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. It's very cute. Super cute. I yeah. just had a realization. Uh huh. I think the Animorphs are. It's it's the Eric equivalent of my Beverly Hills 90210. Probably same kind of thing. Listen, all these they, character dynamics, all the twists, yeah, all the drama. Keep, keep reading the Animorphs. There's yeah. Beverly Hill 90210 references because Axe, he's not from Earth. He doesn't know anything. Yeah. So he watches a lot of TV. Yeah. And uh, also, he doesn't have taste buds. Andalites don't I have see. taste buds. So when he uh, he turns into a human, and he, he's just like the same way like people get with heroin, hmm. uh, Axe gets with like cinnamon buns wow. because flavor is just so foreign oh. to him. He just like goes to town and just eats well, whatever. Well, I can't fault him for that. Cinnamon buns are delicious. But they get him a TV in one book. Yeah. And he starts trying to. He, he's talking about nine hundred two and And at one point, Marco said something, and <laughs> Axe just he's like, "Hey, it's gonna be okay." And then puts his hand on Marco's shoulder. To comfort him the same way he's seen it done on 90210. Oh. And it, I remember as a kid just laughing at this. This show is so 90s. The, the characters are always talking about... Uh, uh, Green not, ketchup? No, they're, but they're talking about like X-Files and 90210. Okay. Just everything that was pop culture. There was culture a Star Trek reference in the first book. Yeah. Yeah. Leo DiCaprio. Keanu Reeves is like a teen hunk. Wow. <laughs> so... That's actually a problem. There's the one where uh, Rachel acquires alligator DNA, and it turns out she's allergic to it, so she's like morphing out of control. Okay. Uh, but at one point, her and Cassie are talking about hunks, and they bring up Keanu Reeves, but it says, or Keanu Reeves, Rachel said, but it's a Rachel book. Oh, so they, they, no. it, it always bothered me so oh, much. Oh, my goodness. Uh, megamorphs. Yeah. So okay. every book is told from the perspective of a single character. Single. single. So like I said, you know, Jake, Rachel, Cassie. Yep. yep. Megamorphs, it's all of them. Okay. It's uh, each character tells like a chapter. Uh, the first one's not so good, but the second one in the time of dinosaurs, that's pretty good. Yeah. They go back in time and deal with dinosaurs. We talked about that when we talked about dinosaur books, if you recall. I said that was one of my favorite yes, dinosaur books. I remember. Yes. The third, the third an- Megamorphs, Tell where me. they have to go back in time because um, one of the Vissers has discovered this uh, device that lets them time travel. Okay. And they have to chase after him. That thing gets intense. Really? Yes. Well, they're going. They're like time hopping, t- and uh, the the battles and. Well, like, you know how much I love time travel. Yeah, uh, there's one where they did like the episode from the Nickelodeon show where they it was an alternate reality where they never became animorphs. That was a bad one. Oh. But anyway, did you watch the show? I didn't have cable, but my grandmother let me come over the night it was premiering. So okay. I watched that, and then afterwards a documentary on the Loch Ness monster. Oh, yeah. Which one was better? Huh. I think the Loch Ness Monster one stuck okay. with me more. So you never, you've never like gone back and watched no, the show? No, I've seen episodes of it. It's just, it's so bad okay. because it's on a budget. So you can't just like have a tiger ripping a hork head off. Yeah, I would say. I was just going to say that actually and you said it first, but yeah. I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Yurks have, the uh, they've they've completely taken over the hork Yeah. Uh, alien race and are the Taxon race. Are you saying horse What no. are you saying? Hork 
Bashir. That makes sense. But I've never been able to pronounce that. Julian Bashir. Uh, the Texans are like these centipede-like monsters. Did you say Texans? Texans. Texans. Um, okay. and, and they're kind of sad, but the hork Bashirs are very sad because they're kind of reptile bird-like creatures with okay. blades all over their bodies. Oh, look out. But... They're actually from a very like they're a very peaceful race, and all the blades on them are meant to uh, strip bark off their homeworld's trees to mm. eat because they're herbivores. But now they're used as like foot soldiers I by see. the Yerks. Wow. So it's kind of this very sad, and their entire species is taken over. That's sad. very sad. That's yeah. sad. The Chronicles. Yeah, those are the stories of all these different. Ca- so you, the Andalite Chronicles, which is the first one. Yes. it's the the prequel tells you all about Elfangor. Okay, the Horkbajir one tells you about how they were captured mm-hmm. and everything, and then it just kind of uh, each each chronicle tells Visser? you something about the Visser Chronicles. Yeah, so wow. I can't tell you about the Visser Chronicles though because you won't let me no, get into spoilers. Don't spoil it. But yeah, the I remember I read uh, I probably read the Horkbajir Chronicles more times than anything. And so you and you said you did it. You know what? Yeah. I own all the, my old animorphs. If you went for the Horkbajir Chronicles right now, it would just be a bunch of uh, ramen noodle stains. Yeah. As I was a teen. That makes Still sense. There. You were asking what? So you you definitely did notice a decline when when it wasn't yeah. strictly. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what it was. It just there was less depth in the characters. It was much more. Is there a book you like from the second half? Uh, I mean, there were. I, it was just that was when I stopped like rereading them as they I came see. out. I'd okay. read them, but it was very. F- it would have to be really probably some of the marker ones. Okay. Yeah, you could definitely tell. What's the story about the resistance where they're in the Civil War? It's partially narrated by Isaiah Fitzhenry in the Civil War. Oh yeah, I can't. That was a later one. Did, I don't remember too much about that okay. one. All right, that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> the because the thing is like the Animorphs, they dealt with so so much like it dealt with he- that first book was heavy I'll tell they're you. always making these like tough moral decisions when they find out that the yurks are actually like addicted to the point of death to certain ingredients i think it's actually like cinnamon powder like oh. cinnamon oatmeal they're like do we put this in the yurk pool and kill them like it's basically like do we commit chemical warfare like picard in the borg yeah wow and so they, they're always kind of like trying to do these more there's always these moral philosophies especially when they're interacting with yurks okay or uh, the other species they're dealing with. I mean, Tobias is stuck that it's, that identity. Red Tailhawk. Yeah. Um, and a lonely. It's just there's a lot in there. I mean, war weariness and uh, PTSD, all this stuff. It's in there. It's crazy. Also, animals. Yeah, so many animals. Yeah. I love that. Listen, it's probably I. I once said the Lorax is probably the reason why I care about the environment as much as I do these days because mm-hmm. I read the Lorax as a kid. I mean, I always liked animals as a kid. Yes. Yeah. Um, and dogs especially, but like animorphs was the thing that made me like no animals care about them. Yeah. If like if I had the choice, we'd be gone, and the animals would have the planet. <laughs> it, it's just it was just one of those things where it just kind of it just you know hammers home to kids. Animals are creatures. Just you know, just the same as us, and uh, deserve this planet just mm-hmm. as much as we do. Mm-hmm. So that that was important too. Yeah, and animorphs plus Calvin and Hobbes are probably why I'm such a big tiger fan. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, Jake's battle morph. They all have a battle morph. Oh, like Power which Rangers. is their main, which is the main animal they turn into when it's going to be a big fight. Okay, Jake has his uh, tiger. Yeah, Marco the gorilla. Cassie stays in a wolf. Which is fine, but it always seemed like a bit weaker. Yeah. Rachel turns into an African elephant for a while, but then she starts choosing the grizzly bear. Oh, like Yogi. Yeah. And she turns into Yogi? No. Okay. She turns into a real grizzly bear. So a lot of decapitations of uh, aliens. Really? Oh, yeah. Intense. Yeah. The heads are just gone off people. Huh. So there's just there's just a lot. Yeah. This was, you, you were saying like this was my 90210, but this yeah. was also like, I wasn't reading comic books at this time. Oh. I was reading Animorphs like 
I was reading, like I read comic books later. Mm-hmm. I, I I would put out the books on what? the floor. How has there never been an Animorphs graphic novel? They're starting it. That's coming out. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're okay. finally putting out a junior graphic novel. They tried to reprint these books recently. People just weren't biting. I really think they might be just a bit too dated for like new readers with all the 90s references they and are, stuff. They are really set in their time. Yeah. And so. the covers. I mean, that. Well, they gave them new set. covers, but also the covers of the class. Man, I you. Well, they're fun, but they're dated. When I know. when I was first getting into Animorphs, and I go to my book fair, like, and I didn't know anything about Animorphs, they were like the coolest looking covers. Book four, where Cassie's turning into a dolphin, it's just like, what is this? This looks so cool. Like, I didn't get into it until maybe book. Like, book six was the first book I read, but I probably didn't do it until book 11 was out. Okay. I got into it, like, a little bit later because I just didn't know what they were. But the covers were just part of the appeal as a kid back in, you know, 96, 97. Right. It was just yeah. like, what is this? This is, this is awesome. <laughs> so funny. Animorphs the Invasion is going to come out on October 6th mm-hmm. in, yes. uh, in graphic novel form. Yeah. So, October. It's pretty exciting. Let's look outside of Animorphs at some of the so other... So many games that didn't happen. Yeah, really. I had a demo for a game that never saw like the light a, of day. It's like a Game Boy game, right? For yeah. Animorphs. It's, it's just it. kind of a bummer. Yeah, they didn't get a lot of stuff afterwards, bad. but... Some toys. I The first thing that I actually read of Catherine Applegates was her picture books, which mm-hmm. I, I read all her picture books to my son. Yeah. First one was Sometimes You Fly, mm-hmm. which is not great it's Aww. sort of a like a graduation book it's more i feel like it's more for adults it's more like if if you can't find all oh, the places you'll go you could try sometimes mm-hmm. you fly so i thought that was kind of a miss but i really liked the buffalo storm have you heard of this one no this is about a little girl in you know the 1800s or who mm-hmm. whose family is going to start their own ranch but she has to leave her grandmother and go like cross country in a wagon and she's really sad to leave her grandma mm-hmm. and that's what the whole story is about but oh. i thought it was really good it was really touching the pictures were good the story was really good my son was like i don't like this book let's stop reading it mm-hmm. because it's a little emotional yeah but i thought that was that was really nice too what about what of her other novels have you read while animals was going she had one sci-fi series called i think it's the remnants okay but i never read that i remember just kind of being like i don't know but she also wrote a young adult series called everworld yeah that came out it was only 12 books and that was one I read with like hesitation. In fact, I put the first book down and didn't come back to it until later. Well, later she on. sort of shifted to that while Animorphs was with Ghostwriters. Yeah, I guess that would be how yeah. it worked. It was my first like YA book, so I definitely felt like at the time reading it, I'm like, this does feel a little older because it felt more mature. It's a bunch of kids that end up in this uh, fantasy world called Everworld, where all our mythology has continued on, and it's, it's darker. It's a little bit more mature with some things, but. I really liked it. It took a while. It took after the, I think maybe the second book for me to really get into it. And then I was sad when it was over. It ended on a level that I thought it could have kept going, but it didn't. Maybe it was 13 books. Something Uh, like that. Yeah. But yeah, I I really liked it. And it was probably the first time I got really into like uh, mythology and everything. She has many, uh, much more series than I would have thought. You said Remnants and Everworld, but Mm -hmm. there's also the Making Out series, Hmm. Summer series, Roscoe Riley Rules, Mm -hmm. Endling. And then she wrote... Well, Endling is new. It's like two or three books out now. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a that's a new series with a dog like warrior. I read uh, the one and only Ivan. Mm-hmm. Did you read that one? Yes, I recently read the one and only Ivan. Okay, very sad, but also full of a. Uh, I think it's redemptive. Yeah, no, it is redemptive, but it, it's also just like there can be healing, even though sadness is always yeah. there. Well, I mean, you want to give a little 
taste. It, I mean, it's the story. It's based on a true story, but uh, yeah, she actually has a, a picture book called Ivan: The Remarkably True yeah. Story of the Shopping Mall Gorilla, which yeah. is very good. But Ivan is a gorilla sad. in a shopping mall zoo, and he's he's just kind of his story is kind of sad because he's just there by himself. Yeah. He's lonely. He doesn't really remember what gorillas are like and yeah. what to do. But he has these instincts that he can't fight. He has some neighbors, which also becomes sad. It's kind of the story of him when he meets this new baby elephant. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of the story about him like taking charge and taking care of her yeah. and being, uh, and his words, like a silverback gorilla, mm-hmm. which is his like, his like, be, being like an adult. Their goal is to basically get out of the mall yeah. and like be with animals like and, and his story of, uh, of doing that. So it, the, um, the picture book is, is really sad and it mm-hmm. has, it's a little more depth because yeah. I mean, it's a true story where. Actually, yeah. two gorillas were adopted for this mall, mm-hmm. and the girl died mm-hmm. right away. And so he, then he was just like all yeah. by himself, just chilling in a mall. It, it's it's a sad one. Um, and yeah, it just kind of uh, there's a lot of uh, talks about like the plight of gorillas and other animals and yeah. zoos and everything. The tagline at the end is basically "Zoos are where humans try to make amends." Yeah, which I guess is true. But yeah, that's I was a little surprised. The goal was like, if only we could get to a zoo. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, better than yeah, better uh, than a shopping mall, sure. Yeah. But. You know, he gets to meet actual gorillas at that point. And then I've also read Crenshaw. Oh, okay. Which is uh, it's a book about a boy and his imaginary cat friend, Crenshaw. Oh. But really, it's about childhood homelessness. A young boy dealing with the fact that his parents can't afford to have a place to stay. And so they end up sleeping in their van and being hungry and all this. Wow. So it's, it's also a sad story. The ending is more positive than you might expect it was going to be. Uh, I actually thought it was going to go one way, and then it didn't. But, yeah, it's also a sad book. She doesn't shy away from stuff. Yeah. Uh, have you read Wish Tree? No, I haven't read Wish that was on Tree. A that's new- a newer one, that yeah. Was that, yeah, that was on a Newberry like, mm-hmm. shortlist. I, I yeah. don't think officially, but it was like predicted mm-hmm. to be in the running. I did read that one. It's unique because it's, it's narrated by a tree. I mean, it's just from right. the perspective of a tree. And actually nails that pretty well for most <laughs> of it I, you know i was not sure and it's relatively short but mm-hmm. um it's about this tree where people go and hang their wishes on and uh, a new family moves into town a little girl named samar and her family and it becomes a look at racism and mm-hmm. just like how wow. unwelcoming towns yeah. can be and um that's that's what it deals with so it tackles a lot of really compelling topics and important topics for books i, I don't think it always nails it but it but it was pretty good it was mm-hmm. pretty solid I nice. couldn't believe she made it work that it was narrated by the three. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty surprised that was successful. Yeah. Those are the ones outside that, that I've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo Storm, definitely my favorite of the picture books. Mm. But, I mean, I got to give it to Animorphs for my favorite of her like wow. junior books that she yeah. read because I just thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean... Uh, at one point, my brother had my Anna. I I had him taking care of them when I was in college and everything. <laughs> and then making sure they get plenty. Of after I got married and we were moving around, my brother was like, "Oh, hey, I was thinking about donating all those animal books to the library." And, I, and basically, at that point, you could hear my car starting. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Uh, I got those back very quickly. Good for you. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, I still have them. I don't know if my kids will like them. Uh-huh. Who knows? Yeah, kids are dumb, but they're owned for me in yes, that way Be- no, because yes. it's been since 2001 since uh-huh. the animorphs ended but like the series has never really like left me it's like i i, I can attest to that <laughs> that is true I, I i every now and then i mean probably more than you think but also maybe a little less than you think i go back and think about those characters and all that stuff and what a big deal those were to me and like how every like little thing in those books was a big deal when they get a new animorph and maybe he's not a good guy yeah that that was an intense three book arc that had me like on my edge of my seat and also it's the reason why i read sci-fi today 
because it was the first science fiction and it didn't mm. it was very it i don't think i really thought of it as a kid as being like that like you said but it's very sci-fi i mean they go to alien worlds at times there's alien species there's time travel there's alternate realities there's uh quantum mechanics it's all this stuff and so like i think the reason i read the uplift trilogy is because when i was a kid i read animorphs mm. listen after the animorphs ended I didn't read for a really? while. Like I, nothing else. I, your... There was a while. I th- I don't know if I told this story, but but like after after school and after Animorphs and everything, like uh, nothing really like caught me because yeah. I liked I liked uh, Jurassic Park. I liked Animorphs, and then I was like, I just don't I don't know what else to read. Mm-hmm. It was hard because like I wanted something that was like the Animorphs. I would say like I want sci-fi, but I want sci-fi like the Animorphs, and it was just it was hard when something had been in my life for that long as it was to find something and i i think of you know x-men kind of came in oh i see well that makes sense took over that in a lot of ways because it's like a surrogate family and all Mm -hmm. this stuff but yeah it took a while it took a very conscious effort on my part of realizing like my vocabulary had slipped i felt like my brain was becoming very mushy at the time i remember i couldn't not as word good right (laughs) there was a time i was in a conversation more and i couldn't come up with this very simple word i'm like i don't know what this word is Mm -hmm. and i'm like i need to read again and so like I got back into reading because I I picked up more Michael Crichton and then some other books. But like after Animorphs, it be, it was harder for me. Yeah. It's like I gotta I gotta find something that's as good. Yeah. As this, I don't think I ever have. Maybe the X Men, I guess. The X Men, but the X Men take the mantle of Animorphs. The, the, I guess they they share they're, it. They're the heir apparent. Okay. To put somebody else into the '90s and like '97 specifically or '98, I would go over to my cousin's house and we would go online to K. A. Applegate's like website. Yeah. And just like read the FAQ mm-hmm. and just read, you know, st- st- where all the interviews and stuff. And I would just like absorb all of wow. that, all those questions. Somebody's like, does it pronounce visor or viscer? I'm like, how is it pronounced? <laughs> so like, yeah. What would have happened if you'd been pronouncing it wrong for 50 books? Oh, I did. Oh, did you? I pronounced it viscer for quite a, or uh, visor for a while. Oh. I also pronounced it uh, Casey, Instead not Cassie. Of- Oh, I see. Cassie. Well, that's insane. Well, I just that's just phonics. I re- it's C A S S I E. Yeah. Cassie. Yeah, Cassie. But I would say Casey. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know as a kid. I, well, so I would just I'm say, glad you learned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, also, if you're interested, there is a YouTube video out there called Animorphin. Yeah. Missing the G's got the little box. Animorphin. It's me. I think it's a three minute video. It's uh, my brother's at his computer and I walk into the room like, oh, my, all my old Animorph books. They're pretty cool. He's like, they were all right. I'm like, all right. It's the Animorphs. He's like, I didn't really do it for me. I then spend the next three minutes explaining to him why the Animorphs are so good. We should good have just played that instead of doing this podcast. By going through the whole series. So unlike Nick, if you're not afraid of the spoilers, I am you can watch that. Because I'm I just, gonna, I'm, we'll share it on Twitter. I go, we'll I go that into happen. that one. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, that was a fun video. Already, you, I wa- started watching it and I was like, what? No. Yeah. So just uh, yeah, a lot of it. I, I'm a little mean to Everworld in it because I said it's not as good as Animorphs. And that's not really how I felt. But for the purpose of comedy, for comedy's sake, yeah. so you I could to throw, the, so I could pause and then so throw with the apologies book. to K. A. Applegate. To, yeah. you, so yeah. you think Everworld's just as good? What about Waterworld with Kevin Costner? How does <laughs> that rate? Everworld's not as good. Oh, or it wasn't. It didn't Gauntlet have the effect dropped. on me. Okay, but it definitely. If it had kept going, I would have kept reading it. Okay, I really liked Everworld. Did it end, or was it just? Yeah, like it last ended. Book? But like I said, it. Could have kept going, I felt. I see. Okay. I think it kind of felt like she stopped. All right. Animorphs definitely came to a point where it needed to end. Listen, I could talk about Animorphs for another two hours, so... Let's do it. I haven't even got into it, so... But yeah. That's because well, I can't, I guess, you. with some thank spoilers. Thank you for sharing the spoilers. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I think that's going to be a wrap on our Animorphs uh, mm-hmm. podcast and our last yeah. side-by-side recording <laughs> until until we're on vacation. Yeah. Maybe we'll be in Hawaii. Yeah. You know. What? With drinks and coconuts and mics. This is all there. the books live in Hawaii. They're live remote. Yeah. yeah. Well, since you have to listen because I'm still your boss for another day, let me just say thank you for, for everything that you've done here at the library. You do for the last five years because you've done so much. You made all the collections so good, the movies and, and all the graphic novels and all the collections we have are just so robust now. And we have the Teen Loft now, which we didn't have five years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Look, the bottom line is you, I know that you, you like to be like, oh, it doesn't matter. But Whoa. the thing is, you, for a generation of kids in this community, gave them a place to belong and feel like they fit in. And that's something that, like, we d- we'll never even know the impacts of what that is. But, like, you know what it's like to be a kid. With yes, I know what it's like to be a kid. And to have a place where they felt, like, comfortable and understood is just a huge, huge deal. And you did that for five years. And that's that's going to have big, lasting impacts on this community and whatever they choose to do with their lives. So, wow. thank you. All right. And with that, that's going to wrap this episode of the All the Book Show. We'll see you next time. What? <laughs> that's the end. Do you want to say more? No. Okay.